From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Monday, November 14th. I'm Sarah Reif. A discussion about establishing regulations for tiny homes on wheels led to a call for more regulations, more freedom, and more flexibility in housing at last week's Board of Supervisors meeting. After the board updated the building code, as it's required to do every three years, supervisors turned their attention to recommendations for movable tiny homes, which would be licensed and registered with the DMV, but also required to meet the standards of stick-built homes, including sanitation hookups and water supply, fire agency requirements, and building permits. Lindsay Wood, the tiny home lady, made her case, saying that tiny homes are catching on all over the state as a solution to several persistent economic woes. As someone who had my own tiny home built here in Ukiah, California, and I'm working on actually developing a company to actually build them here, uh, the Ukiah High School is actually actively building two tiny homes with the CTE program, a uh, training done by Tiny EDU. We have a lot of opportunity to train our youth and also house more people offering worker force housing, agriculture housing, and so much more uh, so that people like myself who grew up here since 1980 can actually afford to live here. Supervisor Glenn McCordy asked Planning and Building Director Julia Krog about the current state of tiny home regulations in the county. Right now, can you build a tiny home without it being on wheels? Yes, you can, so as this, long as you meet building code standards. Right, so this is basically just a portable version of a tiny home. That's correct. It's uh, right now you are only able to use like things like recreational vehicles that are built on a chassis for movement for temporary uses. But a recommendation that the tiny homes be situated on a concrete or asphalt pad drew criticism from Supervisor Dan Jurdy as well as environmental consultants who spoke about the need for a grading ordinance. Jurdy, who's long been an advocate for additional dwelling units and affordable housing policies, asked that the regulations not establish permanent concrete foundations as the default standard. And he expressed some skepticism about the whole idea. You know, we don't really want to see a bunch of asphalt or concrete placed where it's not needed. And, you know, these tiny homes may be here today, gone tomorrow. Who's to know how long they're going to stay on any piece of property? It could be something of a fad. (laughs) He went further. If here in 2022 or 2023, we suddenly say, well, you know, for decades, you've needed to build a stick built house on a foundation. But beginning now, you know, a neighboring vacant property could have nothing on it more than a tiny home, especially when you're talking smaller parcels and more suburban conditions. I think it really could be out of character with the rest of the neighborhood. Supervisor Ted Williams leaped in with a defense of personal liberties and the environment. I'm weighing consistency, what people expect in a neighborhood, with government intruding on an individual's right to live in a small house. And imagine a neighborhood where all the par- where all parcels on all sides are developed with 2,500 2, square foot houses. And somebody decides they want to live in a 300 square foot house. Maybe that's all they can afford. Maybe they, that's all the resources they want to use. I don't know if it's government's job to say, no, you have to build a large house. What's wrong with somebody choosing to live in a very minimalist, um, I mean, if we all did that, we would have less of a climate impact. Dirty worried that residents of tiny homes would spend most of their time outdoors, possibly making noise that would disturb the neighbors. McCordy took the opportunity to point out the lack of a noise ordinance. Noise is noise, and I have neighbors that live two miles from me, but their big diesel pump is right next door to me. I think that we should 
have standards for noise in Mendocino County that don't exceed 55 decibels at the property line, which is kind of standard in a lot of communities, and that would address the issue in the end. Two environmental consultants who had hoped to speak about a presentation on riparian and wetlands protections added their concerns about creating a policy that they thought could lead to unregulated grading. That item was rescheduled, but Estelle Clifton and Heather Morrison warned of possible environmental damage if tiny homes are allowed under a ministerial permit, an over-the-counter authorization that's granted to projects that meet local zoning requirements. I'm Estelle Clifton. I'm a biological consultant and a registered professional forester. You know, when the county as a lead agency grants permission to bulldoze habitats, you, uh, you know, as the lead agency, the county is responsible for that action. And in other counties, when they ministerially grant such allowances, they do have a checklist that guarantees certain protections are adhered to. to for it to be a ministerial process, there has to be real evidence that there really is an um, exemption from environmental uh, damage. Krog said some applicants would need a grading permit, but there's not currently a grading ordinance. They would have to go through the standard grading permit process with our office if they trigger a grading permit. It really depends on the amount of cubic yards that they're moving. And in order to trigger a grading permit with our office, it's a pretty substantial amount of cubic yards um, that you do need to move in order to trigger that. Um, the county, I do believe, and this is before my time, so forgive me if I misstate it, um, did work on a grading ordinance at one time. I understand that that got shelved um, at a certain point and there's several boxes that relate to it, but I don't believe it's ever um, come back. Ultimately, the tiny home ordinance by itself will be minimal. It's the deferred discussion about environmental protections that could change the housing landscape. If you treat these like we do all other structures, it really is the status quo. Um, creating regulations related to stream and wetland and riparian corridors would really change the way that development occurs within this county. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Reif. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News podcast wherever you get your podcasts.